This is Kick-Ass News. I'm Ben Mathis. Are you moving your business to Office 365? Working in the cloud can make your life a lot easier. But getting help, well, that's another story. And that's why you should check out AppRiver. They've got the most experienced support team in the business. You'll get free U.S.-based support from folks who care about helping you and actually know how. If you're going with Office 365, go with AppRiver. Try AppRiver services free. Visit appriver.com slash kickass. That's appriver.com slash kickass. Folks, if you're an entrepreneur, a small business owner, or even if you have a side gig, let me introduce you to Grasshopper, the entrepreneur's phone system. Grasshopper lets you send and receive calls and texts from your new business phone number. That way, you can run your business from anywhere and respond to clients quickly with Grasshopper's mobile apps. Grasshopper, sign up today. Go to grasshopper.com kick to get $20 off your first month. Again, that's grasshopper.com slash kick. And now, enjoy the podcast. I'm so proud of all of the women who have had the courage to speak out. Rich, famous, powerful men have to understand there are rules. There are boundaries. They must respect those boundaries. This has got to end, and it needs to end right now. There is a war on women. Women depend on me to be strong and to assert and protect their rights. Joining us now, civil rights attorney. Please welcome Gloria Allred. She talked about sexual harassment, race, women's rights, when nobody wanted to talk about it. He thinks no more women will come forward. He is very wrong. Power only understands power. Fighting injustice is a commitment that I made many years ago. She understands what we are experiencing based on what she had experienced herself. What happened to me was absolutely shocking. To this day, I can't even think about it. Is this getting too personal? Hi, I'm Ben Mathis. Welcome to Kick-Ass News. That was a clip from the new Netflix documentary, Seeing All Red. Long before anyone hashtagged the words Me Too or Time's Up, Attorney Gloria Allred was standing up for women's rights. In her 40-year career, she stood up for countless women who were assaulted, sexually harassed, discriminated against, and defamed, but she's also won victories for gays and minorities who were victims of discrimination as well. Her critics say she just loves the camera, but she says she loves fighting the good fight. And as she explains on today's podcast, when the legal system fails victims, sometimes the only justice they can get is in the court of public opinion. She talks about representing the family of Nicole Brown Simpson during the OJ trial, how victim upon victim of Bill Cosby finally reached critical mass and kicked off the Me Too movement, and she gives an update on her client Summer Zervos's pending defamation suit against President Donald Trump. Plus, her surprisingly cordial relationship with famed defense attorney Alan Dershowitz, the Battle of the Friars Club steam room, and her famous Washington doppelganger. Coming up with attorney Gloria Allred in just a minute.
I'm talking with attorney Gloria Allred, who is the subject of a new Netflix documentary, Seeing Allred. Gloria, thanks for sitting down with me. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited about Seeing Allred and look forward to the opportunity to discuss it. Yeah, it's a terrific film, but I have to say, you know, sitting across this long table in your conference room, I feel like I've been put in a weirdly, or put myself in a weirdly adversarial position here in a way that I definitely don't want to be with you. You're not on my list of the accused. Okay. (laughs) Well, the first thing that struck me while watching this terrific documentary, Seeing Mm -hmm. All Red, is that for someone who's so comfortable in the public spotlight, you're a surprisingly private person. Were you hesitant about letting a filmmaker go behind the curtain and expose that, you know, maybe Gloria Allred is actually a pretty nice person and a bit of a softy? Were you worried that your adversaries might be a little less fearful the next time they went in a courtroom with you? Good question. It did take more than two years or so uh, to persuade me to do it. Uh, and the producers and directors, Sophie Sartain and Roberta Grossman, were very persistent. I was concerned about my privacy, but in addition, I was also uh, concerned and needed to tell them that they would be restricted in the sense that they would not be able to uh, hear about or learn about any confidential communications I had with my clients and I would not be able to discuss legal strategy of cases with them. Uh, Having said that, uh, they did indicate they would be willing to uh, comply with my conditions. They felt there was enough that was public that they could cover. In addition, uh, they helped me to understand that I would need to talk a little bit about myself (laughs) because people were interested in what drives me, why I have done so many cases on behalf of persons who are who allege that they are victims, women, minorities, gay, lesbian, transgender, uh, racial minorities. Why have we done so many civil rights cases, victims' rights cases? And they helped me to understand that my own life experience, which is the driving force in why I do these cases and fight for justice, uh, is is something that I will need to talk about, and and I do talk about in the film. Not as much as they would like, but more than I would have (laughs) liked. I talk about some of my personal experiences because I I do think that my talking about it helps them to understand why I understand that, for example, victims of rape or sexual assault feel that they might not be believed if they told anyone and why they don't do anything right away, like go to the police or file a civil lawsuit. And anyway, so I did speak about it in the film. And many people have written to me who have seen Seeing All Red on Netflix uh, that it, it did help them to hear about my personal experiences Going all the way back to when you were growing up in Philadelphia, you married your college sweetheart, had a baby. How did you originally envision your life playing out at that age? You know, there's that wonderful saying, uh, I'm not sure who said it, but it's life is what's happening while you're planning other things. (laughs) And I think we can all identify with that. Uh, Did I ever think that I would be pregnant at age 19? give birth at age 20 um, and then be divorced by age 21. No, I never thought that. Um, 
but I was in college and I had hopes and dreams. I really didn't know exactly what I would be doing after college. Uh, I certainly became a single parent after college, so I faced many challenges that I never anticipated. <clears throat> but I got through that. I worked uh, two jobs. I commuted to, I, te I taught during the day at a high school. Uh, then, you know, I commuted to NYU, New York University, for my master's degree two days a week in the evening after school. I taught at the Cerebral Palsy Foundation. Basically, I did what a lot of young single parents did. I just worked hard and wanted to make a better life for my daughter. Uh, I couldn't get child support, so I, I knew that I was the sole person responsible, and I, I, I was determined to meet that responsibility. And, and I did, and ultimately I moved to Los Angeles. Now, you didn't immediately start out wanting to be an attorney. Like you said, you were a teacher for a while. How did you originally decide to go into law? I was a teacher. I then, for six and a half years in public schools, then I earned a, a, a credential to be a secondary school principal. It's called secondary school supervision uh, credential in California. And uh, I was going to be a high school principal, but it was the time of the Black Power Movement. Uh, I, w I had been teaching in Watts, which is where I wanted wow. to teach. Started teaching there one year after the Watts riots or rebellion. Wow. And uh, I wanted to be a principal in the high schools there, but because of the Black Power Movement, they wanted African-American high school principals, which I think was the right thing to do at the time. And uh, so I didn't want to go to the Valley, which was all white at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I decided to go to law school. So I always tell everybody, one door closes, but another one opens. Um, and so sometimes we don't see that at the time when we suffer what we think is a setback, but usually that is the case. And I went to law school thinking, well, maybe I will, um, maybe I will help uh, by becoming a lawyer and to improve conditions in the schools. But then in law school, I met my wonderful partners, Nathan Goldberg, Michael Morocco, yeah. and I persuaded them to go into law practice with me. And, and that was years, one of the right? best days of my life when they said yes. And we've been together 42 years. Wow. Uh, which is longer than both of my marriages, <laughs> and I think longer than one of my partner's marriages and mine put together. Mm. <laughs> uh, but it's been wonderful. We have a wonderful team effort here in our law firm, uh, and that's quite a record to still be partners mm -hmm. after 42 years. <clears throat> so we like fighting the good fight uh, for victims of injustice, often against people who are rich and powerful and famous, but sometimes powerful doesn't mean just in the entertainment world. Right. Sometimes it means powerful people like religious figures who have hurt uh, or sexually abused, for example, uh, parishioners. Sometimes it means political people who have used their position of trust and, and betrayed that trust and their position of power by hurting someone who was employed by them, uh, <clears throat> maybe sexually harassing them on the job. Sometimes it's a sports figure. Sometimes it's someone in the business world that we're suing. Uh, it, it, it really depends, or the education world. It really mm. depends, but 
we want to level the playing field, power meeting power. Uh, power only understands power, as I said in uh, seeing all red. <laughs> and that's what we do. But what I really want to emphasize is in the film, you see so many people who are being transformed, as, as I say, in seeing all red, from being victims to being coming survivors to becoming fighters for change. Mm -hmm. So I'm so proud of my clients because they have found their voice, they have found their power, and you see them actually becoming transformed before your eyes from people who are fighting through tears, recalling what they say happened to them, to becoming people who testify in front of the legislature to change the laws, it's very, very exciting. Yeah, I mean, it's ironic to me when people want to accuse them of being liars because they're, they're trembling and crying. I mean, it seems like it's physically impossible for someone to, to make that up, to be acting. Well, I always say, and I did say in the film when someone said something to the effect, well, do you believe them, Gloria? And I said, well, you can judge for yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, it raises the question when women... Uh, make accusations against powerful men, well-known men, for example, Bill Cosby, how many women will take before the public uh, believes even one woman mm -hmm. against the denial of a famous man or powerful man? It appears in the court of public opinion it takes more than one woman to make that accusation for a woman to be believed. Uh, but <clears throat> the good news is many women who are making accusations against famous people are now being believed because there's so many of them who have never met each other mm -hmm. but have accusations that they're making against the same person. And the accused are facing these days often serious consequences. Yeah, in the case of the Bill Cosby allegations, I think that you represent 29 of his victims, and I think there are at least 50 by yeah, now. Yeah, I think it's about 33. One in a lawsuit. Uh, by the way, the second criminal case against Mr. Cosby will begin on April 2nd right. of this year, just a few months from now. First criminal case ended in deadlock jury, so no conviction, no acquittal. Um, we'll see what happens in the second case. I think a lot depends on how many other accusers the court permits the prosecutor to call mm -hmm. to the witness stand to testify in addition to the one named alleged victim, Andrea Constant, in this criminal case. It seems to me that that was 99 to 100% of the reason why he walked, because they wouldn't allow any of the other victims to testify. Yeah, just one. That happened to be my client. Mm-hmm. Last time, the court only allowed one. The prosecution had right. asked for 13. This time, the prosecution is asking to be allowed to have 19 of the accusers called to the witness stand. There's no decision yet by the court as to how many, if any, other, it's called, they're called prior bad act witnesses, may be called. But the prosecutor wants to call them because he argues that this would show what he would call a signature crime, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, same modus operandi, same or similar pattern of conduct, and also that it would show an absence of mistake is his argument. That is that Cosby, if in fact the jury believed that he was drugging and then sexually assaulting women, couldn't have been mistaken about whether they consented if huh. in fact they were drugged and unconscious. So um, 
you know, in the film, you see so many of the accusers of Bill Cosby, and you see them talking about what they say happened to them and how difficult it was for them to talk about it, but they did, and then how they moved to be able to be able to change the law to help others in the future. It's really quite exciting. I hope it will inspire others to, in other words, stand up for their rights, speak truth to power, which is what I do, uh, and uh, reach out to find out what their rights are and how they can make a difference mm-hmm. for themselves and their families and their community in the future. Now, when you started out practicing law, I guess it was in the 70s, were there very many attorneys specializing in women's rights when you started? Then I didn't know any attorneys. Really? who were specializing in women's rights. Briefly, there was a law firm, all women at one point, but nobody was doing what we were doing Mm -hmm. in the way we were doing it. And still, there are really relatively few women's rights attorneys in the nation. Uh, I'm happy for all of them, and we do work with many in other states as well, but um, we need more. We do quite a bit in you know sexual harassment and employment, the civil rape cases, the civil child sexual abuse cases, civil, in other words, suing for damages mm-hmm. uh, or entering into confidential settlements mm-hmm. uh, with high profile figures or uh, with some who are not high profile. If, they, if we can yeah, prove they've hurt I was gonna say. a woman or a minority, then we're interested in looking at the case and seeing if we can help. And not all of the cases that your firm takes on are big headline grabbers, right? Well, no, that's true. I mean, uh, and, and most cases that we take on, by the way, are, are dealt with very confidentially. Mm-hmm. In other words, you will never know that that person called us, that's confidential, or what they told us, or how it settled, mm-hmm. or with whom it settled. You'll never know. I had one yesterday, a confidential settlement, and I was involved in all day against a very, very high-profile person. No one will ever know about that. We settled it, and it was a good result for our client. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm very happy about that. Um, And uh, look, what happened to her can never be undone, but we have been able to minimize the injustice by making him accountable through a confidential settlement. We're going to take a quick break, and then I'll be back with more with Gloria Allred when we come back in just a minute. For over 30 years, men have trusted Just for Men to provide easy gray care solutions. Now they can trust Just for Men to provide a hair regrowth solution as well. Formulated with the number one dermatologist-recommended ingredient proven to regrow hair, 5% minoxidil, hair regrowth from Just for Men is an easy-to-use topical solution that's clinically proven to help regrow hair. It works by reactivating hair follicles to stimulate regrowth perfect for men with thinning hair. Plus, with a unique precision spray applicator, this is hair regrowth made easy. Simply spray on, sit back, and move on. Because when you look as good as you feel on the inside, every date night, every meeting, every guy's night out becomes something to look forward to. Start winning over thinning. Look for one or three month supplies of hair regrowth in the shave aisle or visit jfmgrowhair.com and use the promo code REGROWTH25 to get 25% off your purchase. That's JFM Grow Hair and use promo code REGROWTH25 for 25% off. 
Folks, you've heard me talk on the podcast about the importance of getting a good night's sleep. It affects your physical health, your brain function, your emotional well-being, everything. And that's why I'm so happy to introduce a new sponsor to the show. Z-Quiet is a revolutionary anti-snoring product created out of one family's need for peace and quiet. I talked the other day to the owners, Dan and Trina Webster. They were desperate for a solution to Dan's snoring, and that personal desperation led to a simple solution to a problem shared by millions of Americans. Z-Quiet. You know how it is. The best inventions always seem to be born out of the inventor's own necessity. Made in the USA using soft, BPA-free material, Z-Quiet is a comfortable, easy-to-use mouthpiece that has been helping snorers and their bed partners for 10 years. Just pop it in when you go to bed, and it works immediately. You can talk and even drink while wearing Z-Quiet because it works on the simple principle of moving the lower jaw slightly forward to open the airway and prevent vibrations that create snoring noise. I gave it to a friend of mine whose wife used to complain that he snores like a freight train. Almost every night, one of them had to go to the guest room. That's how bad it was. He tried Z-Quiet, and now both of them have been sleeping like babies ever since. I don't want to overstate things, but Z-Quiet just may have saved their marriage. Try Z-Quiet with confidence thanks to their 30-night better sleep guarantee and feel good about your purchase knowing that Z-Quiet gives back. Kick snoring out of the bed. Sleep quiet with Z-Quiet. Right now, Z-Quiet is offering an exclusive $15 discount just for my listeners. Just go to buyzquiet.com. That's B-U-Y-Z-Q-U-I-E-T dot com and enter promo code NEWS. Again, that's buyzquiet.com and enter promo code NEWS to get your $15 off discount. Looking to move to the cloud? Don't know where to begin? Check out the Google Cloud Platform Weekly Podcast, where Google developer advocates Melanie Warwick and Mark Mandel answer questions, get in the weeds, and talk to GCP teams, customers, and partners about best practices. From security to machine learning and more, hear from technologists all across Google about trends and cool things happening with our technology. Click to learn more and subscribe to the podcast at g.co slash gcp podcast. Again, that's g.co slash gcp podcast. You've become a fixture on the talk show circuit. I don't think that there's one that you haven't been on over the years. Um, well, this some is of my these first time with you. My to, first time first with podcast. you. So this is good. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm glad you're here. There's always something new. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you go way back even to Merv Griffin's show yes. and the Dinah Shore show exactly. on this documentary. Uh, how did all that begin? What was the first talk show for you? And you see, by the way, uh, Merv Griffin, all the laughing about sexual yeah. favors in exchange for being on his show or. Yeah. Or elsewhere, and you know, right now, today, 2018, that's not so funny. But you see how it right. was then. But also, do you think that people probably gave Merv Griffin a bit of a pass when he would say those things because Absolutely. they knew privately, everyone in Hollywood knew that he was no threat to a woman, right? Well, I don't know. Uh, it, it was many years before it came out that he was actually gay. Right. Right. I mean, he had this pretense of not being gay for yeah. many, many years. So, but. Anyway, yeah, early on, I mean, I was on many, many shows because that was the only way that we could talk about women's rights and we needed to talk about women's rights. And we let, we needed to let women know, look, we should be fearless in defense of our rights and, you know, not just accept these stereotypes about women and these, you know, cliches and these 
policies and practices that prevented women from winning their rights and caused them economic harm and physical harm and emotional harm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I went on those and I confronted the bullies and the and the men who thought it was funny that women should demand equal rights and because they're so used to women being subordinated and being sexual objects and being punching bags. Um, and so used to being able to fail to pay their child support uh, because the system did not impose serious consequences. So I think we've changed a lot. We still have a long, long way to go, however. I mean, you see the battle in the film, and that's important because no one ever gives us our rights. We have to fight to win them, and this is important for people to understand. It doesn't just happen. It's a battle. Yeah, you have to raise To change the status quo to afford the respect and dignity and rights to women that they should be entitled to enjoy is it takes a battle to do that. Now I have to wonder, are are there ever times when your partners, Michael and Nathan just roll their eyes and say, geez, Gloria, you know, did you have to stage a sit in at the DA's office or did you have to say that? Or have they given up after 40 years? Well, of course (laughs) they didn't know in advance that I would be locked up in the DA's office. It happened and you see that in the film, and you see my being thrown out by yeah. law enforcement, <laughs> uh, literally thrown out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm very blessed because my partners have confidence in me, mm-hmm. and they trust my instincts to do what I should do. Um, sometimes they don't know about it till afterwards, either because it happens spontaneously or because I think... I just want to do it, and I don't want them to argue me out of it. Uh, it's worked out. Mm-hmm. They have been very supportive for many years. We have a saying in the women's movement that a man of quality is not threatened by a woman of equality, and they're not threatened by me. And it's you know unusual for lawyers to be partners for 42 years, and I'm just very fortunate that they're really great lawyers. They have a good heart for women and minorities, And they really care about these issues and they have the confidence to let me do what I think I need to do in order to win change. That's, after all, what it's all about. I always see your critics say, you know, wherever there's a camera, there's Gloria Allred or she's just out for the publicity. Or some people even say, you know, if Gloria Allred's there, then you know that her client must be a liar. But in the cases, a lot of these cases, like Bill Cosby and Trump, where, you know, the statute of limitations may have run out or, you know, there's still some question whether you can actually sue a sitting president and other reasons. It seems to me that in a lot of these cases, getting them in front of the cameras and trying their attacker in the court of public opinion may be the only justice they may be able to get. Well said. And that's one of the reasons that I'm just thrilled that Netflix is is playing this film, Seeing All Red, because people can see that the documentary does also give voice to what the critics have said and how Mm -hmm. I deal with it. And the way I deal with it is, you know, first of all, if they're calling me names, I see that as a good thing. Because that (laughs) means they're paying attention to the fact that we have issues we're talking about. Mm-hmm. But also that means if they're calling me names, they don't have any good argument against what I'm saying. Because if they had a good argument, they would give it. If they don't have any good argument, then they resort to name calling. Mm-hmm. So to me, that's a sign that I've won, they've lost. Because my argument is the stronger argument. They have none mm-hmm. against what I'm saying. 
doesn't bother me. It doesn't deter me. It doesn't intimidate me. Never has, never will. Um, And that's what I want women to know because, as the suffragists said, women who are not willing to risk the displeasure of men will never do anything meaningful for women's rights. It's always some people will always feel threatened by change. But but the status quo, the way things are, is not good for women and minorities, not good for gays and lesbian, transgender, not good for women, not good for racial minorities. So we have to keep on and, and not let things like name-calling deter us. It mm-hmm. certainly is not going to stop me. My only complaint about it is it's not original. I like creative arguments. And just name-calling <laughs> is generally... It's all, it's all yeah. been there, done that. It's just boring. Yeah, and probably the least creative argument there is, <laughs> whether it's Harvey Weinstein or it's Cosby or Trump, they immediately go to the place of trying to blame the victim and just outright call them a liar in a way that we never do with other crimes. You know, you never see the victim of a robbery or a drunk driver or whatever being blamed or somehow being targeted like this. There's always been this stigma of shame that people try to attach to it. And it's hard to shame so many people. At a certain point, it reaches critical mass. I have felt, Ben, that it's been a wave coming onto the beach for many, many years. I've certainly helped many persons who allege that they are victims of rich, powerful, famous people to have a voice, to become empowered, to fight for justice. But now I think that wave coming onto the beach is more like a tsunami Mm -hmm. because of the Me Too movement. And I'm excited about that because I do think that persons who allege that they are victims who have not told anyone or just a very few people in the past that have not done anything about it sometimes because it's too late as a matter of law because the statute of limitations in in many states will prevent them from either uh, uh, having their case prosecuted or even filing a civil lawsuit for damages, mm-hmm. that uh, they are frustrated, and but they understand there's no time limit on free speech. There's no statute of limitations on that. They can speak out on the Internet or elsewhere. Of course, there are risks in doing that, uh, like they might be sued, but many are still doing that. Um, And many are contacting lawyers. For example, I'm receiving many, many emails asking, well, is it too late or can I still pursue some kind of legal action, a lawsuit, or can you get me a confidential settlement, or uh, can I still go to the police Wanting to know what their legal rights are, and I say that's a really good thing because I like people to know what their legal rights are, Mm -hmm. and that's why you contact a lawyer, and that's important for people to reach out and say, I'd like to have these questions answered, so I'm happy to do that. Knowledge is power. I have to wonder, though, do you ever get people who approach you, be it a man or a woman, Uh, with allegations against someone and they want you to represent them and just something in your gut tells you that, you know, their story doesn't add up and you turn them down. Does that ever happen? Yes, frequently. And sometimes we have to turn people down even where the case has merit Mm -hmm. uh, because it may be too late to assert a claim. Right. Or maybe they don't have sufficient evidence, even if we do believe them. And by the way, their word is evidence. Mm Mm-hmm should not be discounted or ignored. 
And so there are lots of reasons, but still we're happy to consider any and every case that people want us to consider. Uh, And we'll, if we can't help them, we generally will try to refer them or tell them why we think that nobody can. Nicole Brown Simpson, you actually decided to represent the Brown family during the OJ trial. Right. Why did you, why did you want to take that on? The family felt that Nicole, who was deceased, obviously having been killed by O.J. Simpson, uh, that's what the civil jury found, uh, that she didn't have a voice, that she was not being characterized correctly, that the, for example, that the defense was trying to portray her as a party girl rather than as a loving mother of two little children. Um, And the defense attorneys were on television and radio talking to newspapers all the time. Somebody from the team was. Nobody was speaking up for Nicole, and they felt that I was the one who could help them with that, and which I was happy to do because I agreed with them that she was not being portrayed as this, the loving sister, the caring mom, the person who she really was. She was just that body on a stretcher, and that was... It was bad enough for the family that she was killed. They had to undergo the trauma of the murder trial. And, and, you know, it was so hard for her children. But in addition, the fact that she was being portrayed as someone she was not, they just wanted that to end and for people to know her as they did. Mm-hmm. And I found it telling that Alan Dershowitz, who defended O.J. during that trial and you know, has found himself on the opposite end of a courtroom from you more than a few times over the years, actually participated in this documentary. And it sounds like he has a lot of respect for you. And After- I have a lot of respect for Alan. Obviously, yeah. there are a lot of issues on which we do not agree. But he is in the documentary. He's a brilliant attorney. Uh, formerly with Harvard right. Law, I think, for four, 50 years. Um, and But he understood there was a role for the family of a murder victim that, or, or, or someone who was wrongfully killed that even though, you know, technically they couldn't participate in that trial, although there were some times when we had issues, there were issues that I did bring up with the judge, Judge Ito, um, Having said that, it was important that the family have someone to advise them of what their rights are because a victim's family also has certain rights in a Mm -hmm. criminal case and also to be able to give voice to what they felt needed to be said to the public about what happened to Nicole. Well, you also represent Summer Zervos, who was sexually assaulted by Donald Trump while she was on The Apprentice. Trump well, appeared, see, her allegations her, are that that wrote, he engaged or, in sexually inappropriate conduct yeah. with her, that is, Donald Trump did, after uh, she was no longer oh, okay. on The oh, Apprentice. Oh, after the show. Yeah. Okay. And that defamation suit that she's filed against him, I think it's still pending, right? They're trying ben, you're to figure absolutely out if, right. if you can actually sue the president, the yes, sitting president that, over this. Yes, that case. What happened was the Access Hollywood tapes, we know what the... Donald Trump said about being able to grab women and kiss them and grab their genitals just simply because he was a star. Mm -hmm. And then in the 
subsequent debate with Hillary Rodham Clinton, Anderson Cooper asked him, had he actually done what he said or what he, we heard him say on the tapes, at which point he said it was just locker room talk. After that, many women came forward and made allegations of sexually inappropriate conduct against him. That included some reservos. At another point during the campaign, he threatened to sue all the women who had gone public, said they were liars, and what they said was fabrication and fiction. He did not sue all the women that he said he would. In fact, he didn't sue any of them after he was elected. I called on him to retract what he said, acknowledge that what Summer said was true. He failed to do that, and so three days before the inauguration, I filed a defamation case against him on behalf of Summer. We did that in Manhattan Supreme Court. Uh, he has made a motion to dismiss our case. Uh, we have opposed his motion. Uh, we had There was a hearing early December uh, in court, and we are now awaiting the judge's decision. Uh, you will see in seeing all red on Netflix the uh, some of our news conferences with Summer. But the reason we filed this lawsuit is because truth matters. Not for political reasons, but simply because truth matters. Summer's reputation for truthfulness matters, and her word matters. So this is an important case. It's the only one, Ben, on behalf of any of the accusers of Donald Trump. So it's very important. The president has argued that he has legal immunity, but we argue in opposition, uh, Paula Jones versus President Clinton, that the U.S. Supreme Court said no man is above the law, including the president of the United States, for unofficial acts. So we allege this is an unofficial act, defamation, if we can prove it, that it took place prior to his becoming president, and that we should have a right to proceed in this lawsuit. Yeah, good luck with that. I Could really be hope any that day. It pans You'll be out. hearing about it, so thank you for asking wow. about it. Yeah. Uh, whenever the court's ready to issue her decision, she will. Yeah, good luck with that. I know Thank that a you. lot of people are waiting for that because it, it, it seems like it's almost inevitable that he'll commit perjury and that'll be the thing that undoes him. Well, I mean, mm. one of his arguments through his counsel was that he's president 24-7, wouldn't have mm -hmm. time, uh, for example, to sit for a deposition, his testimony under oath, <laughs> where we would ask him questions. So uh, have a lot we of argue, time, well, though. he's actually not <laughs> being president 24-7. He does do other things. Yeah. But we'll be respectful of the schedule in the event that we're permitted to proceed with the lawsuit. For example, we'd be willing even to accommodate him by taking his uh, deposition between rounds of golf at Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> Speaking of politics, uh, how often do you get mistaken for Senator Barbara Boxer while you're out and about? Sometimes mistaken for Senator Barbara Boxer. And you see that these are light moments in the film, yeah. make people smile. Sometimes for other political figures. And uh, some people say to me, wow, you look like Laurie Allred. <laughs> and I usually say, a lot of people tell me that. But uh, <laughs> Do you ever ask Barbara if she gets the same thing? I haven't reverse? seen Barbara lately, but in, in, she's no longer in the, she's no longer you know, a right. senator, but uh, I hope to run into her soon. I actually <laughs> did see her, I think, once before the film came out, uh, but I didn't know that she was going to be in the film at that point. Uh, but I, I'm certainly going to chat with her about it if, as and when, I see her. And she was a terrific senator, and I was honored to be mistaken for her a couple of times, probably because we're both short, uh, we're both older, and she always spoke her mind as well, which I loved. Yeah.
Well, before we go, I want to end on one of your happier wins in your career when you campaigned to be the first female member of the Friars Club. Before we, we went on mic, I was telling you that I remember seeing you there when I was a member. I was probably the youngest member and you were the first female member. Um, when you did that, did you actually want to join or was it something you did on principle? I mean, what pretty young woman wants to hang out with Milton Berle and all these old farts? Yeah, and you see Milton Berle. In the, he, he, he used to be called Mr. Television when he right. was alive. He was Uncle the biggest Milton. name in television when television first started. And he uh, admitted me to the Friars Club. And um, why, it was interesting, too, because when I... I said to him, I'd like to be a member of the Friars Club. And he said, well, why, Gloria? And I said, well, because you have a great Cobb salad. And he said, I don't think that's really the reason. He said, don't you know this is men only? I said, I think I, I've heard that, yes. And he said, tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to make the motion for you to be the first woman member. He said, I'm even going to second my own motion. You think it's because you're a woman? Wrong. It's to lower the average age of the club because the average age of this club is dead. And with that, I became the first woman member. And you'll see it in the film, in Seeing All Red on Netflix, that you'll see some of my battles with the club yeah. after I became a member. Some of them are quite funny. But anyway, yeah, I will say, want... fast forward to present, the head of the club has apologized to me. Uh, for they're calling me names yeah. originally when I wanted to be a member and have the rights, equal rights for yeah. women, apologized to me and and said, Gloria, thank you for making us take you as a <laughs> member uh, because you have made this a better club yeah. by making us take women into it. And uh, we regret anything, any names we called you previously <laughs> because... You did something important, and we understand now how important it is. And even then, they didn't want to let you in the all-male steam room. Right. How now, did you win that's the battle of the steam film. room? I'm going to let everybody see well, the film okay. we'll and, and for... see. It is quite funny, <laughs> but my strategy worked. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, the documentary is called Seeing All Red, and it's now available on Netflix. Gloria, thanks for talking with me. Thank you so much, Ben. Appreciate it. Thanks again to Gloria Allred for coming on the show. Her documentary, Seeing Allred, is now available on Netflix. Today's episode was sponsored by Hair Regrowth from Just For Men. Hair Regrowth from Just For Men is an easy-to-use topical solution that's clinically proven to help regrow hair. Formulated with the number one dermatologist-recommended ingredient proven to regrow hair, 5% minoxidil, it works by reactivating hair follicles to stimulate regrowth perfect for men with thinning hair. Plus, with a unique precision spray applicator, this is hair regrowth made easy. Simply spray in, sit back, move on. Start winning over thinning. Look for one or three month supplies of hair regrowth in the shave aisle or visit jfmgrowhair.com and use the promo code REGROWTH25 to get 25% off your purchase. That's JFM Grow Hair and use promo code REGROWTH25 for 25% off. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to Kick-Ass News on iTunes and leave us a review. You can follow us on Facebook or on Twitter at at KickAssNewsPod. And as always, I welcome your comments, questions, and ideas at comments at kickassnews.com. I'm Ben Mathis, and thanks for listening to Kick-Ass News.
Kickass News is a trademark of Mathis Entertainment, Inc.